Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. It's episode 25, and I am excited to talk to you about year three in pastoral ministry. As you know, I'm working through the importance of a decade and going through year-by-year lessons that I've learned along the way. And so this week, I want to talk to you about marriage and work. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as I've just been jotting down these notes, I've been excited to talk to these men about these two big things, marriage and work. And I ask that you would help me to speak clearly and confidently about these lessons that that I believe I've just learned from you and been able to observe as I look back. And uh, God, I pray this would be filled with grace as well and that people would remember Jesus along the way. Jesus, I thank you that you are the perfect husband of your bride, the church. And I thank you that you are the perfect worker, the one who knows the difference between hard work and being a workaholic and being lazy. Jesus, thank you that you were this construction worker that knew exactly how to work the right way. And uh, help us to learn from you and trust you in all these things. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, I met Jordan in 2009. And here was this young girl, pretty, beautiful. I was in ministry. I talked last week about learning to date her along the way. But in her, I I saw four things that really stood out that I just really loved about her. Number one, she was a Christian woman. She loved Jesus, and that was clear about her life the way she lived her life, and the way she spent her time. She wasn't just somebody who claimed to be a Christian. She was a believer in Jesus and loved the Word and loved following Christ. But second, she was beautiful. I mean, my wife is really pretty, and that made me very happy. I was attracted to her. And number three, she was uh, a woman that liked me. So not only did I was she a Christian and she really pretty, but she actually liked me. She paid attention to me and liked the things that I had to say, just liked me as a person, as a man. And number four, she knew what it meant to be a woman. And even if that was knowing that she was different than being a man, which so few women know today, uh, she was something special. And so I pursued her, and she didn't know what I was doing when I was pursuing her because it was nervous and weird and whatever. But but we ended up liking each other and getting engaged. And in 2010, we got married. And that happened to be my third year of pastoral ministry. And by the way, young guys, if you're out there, that's a really good criteria in looking for a wife. Is she a Christian? Is she really pretty? I mean, are you physically attracted to her? Does she like you? I mean, clearly, that's if, if this thing's going to work, she's going to have to like you. And does she know that she's a woman? Does she know what it means to be a woman? Those are really good criteria. If you find a girl like that, marry her, and you'll be happy for the rest of your life. Uh, so, young guys, good criteria to, to look into. So, we got married, Jordan and I, and I was now bivocational. I was working at this large church. Our church had merged with this other church, and I had started this internship, and then I was working construction on the side. And I had to learn about priorities when we got married. You know, when I was single, I could spend my time any way I wanted to. I could do ministry for 60 hours a week, or I could, you know, uh, work long hours. I was working at a lumber yard when, before we got married, and then I was working construction after we got married and finally landed a job at UPS. But all that to say that my time was my time. I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And when I got married, I had to learn the difference between my priorities and now my priority was my wife. And so what, what was I supposed to do with my time now? 
And I knew that I didn't want to be the guy who neglected his family or neglected his wife for the sake of the church. In fact, you've probably heard the statement that many people have said that every pastor has a mistress and her name is the church. Well, I just knew that I didn't want to be that kind of pastor. I didn't want my wife to be lonely. I'd heard another quote years before that said, you can tell the successfulness of a pastor by the countenance of his wife. And I really liked that. It stuck with me. And I knew I wanted to be more like that, a a man and a pastor whose wife was happy and not miserable and who enjoyed her husband and didn't despise her husband. But I had to learn that balance. So I didn't want to be the pastor who neglected his family. And I did, you know, the workaholic pastor gets praise from literally everyone except his wife, his family, his kids, and Jesus. And everyone else says, you know, everybody in the church is thinking, man, he's always there for me. He'll always be there. He's just a phone call away. But the family is bitter and angry. And I, you know, who wants to be that kind of pastor? I actually had a pastor tell me one time that as he was looking back over his life, he couldn't remember a single time playing with his children in the yard. His kids are all grown now. And what he told me is that he left the house at 6 a.m. every day and got back at 9 p.m. every day. That man should have been sat down and either disqualified for ministry or been corrected by some elders. Just it was horrific. And he was now looking back and regretting the way he had lived his life. So I didn't want to be that that kind of pastor. And I made a commitment that my wife would get the best of me. Now, I'm still learning this. This is hard. This life-work balance, trying to figure that out, is is unique, and it's challenging, and I'm still learning that along the way. But I'm fighting for, continuing to fight for, for my family being the priority in my life and my heart and my affections. But secondly, that year, I learned that was the first big lesson was, was family, my wife, so marriage and work, what was going to be the priority. But the second big lesson was that I had to know the difference between being a workaholic and being lazy. I wanted to walk that middle road. So I was working bivocational work. It was church stuff and construction. And pastors often complain that pastoral ministry is hard. But let me just tell you another vocation that's hard. Being a construction worker. <laughs> A lot of the blue-collar workers, pastor, in your church, think you are weak and lazy and don't have a clue how to work. Now, ministry, rightly viewed, is blue-collar work. And blue-collar work is always less than favorable work in the eyes of many people. But for the blue-collar workers in your church, they look at you and thank many of you. And if you are a lazy pastor, then they see you as lazy. That's just what happens. And I have this fear inside of me of never wanting to appear lazy. I've never wanted, like, that's my greatest fear that somebody would think I'm lazy. And I really need to work on that because I don't need to be, you know, living with the fear of people. But hard work as a man and as a pastor is our call. It's our responsibility. That's what we're called to do. And I needed to know how hard construction work was. I didn't necessarily need to know yet how hard ministry was. I need to know how hard construction workers work. You know, If you're working on a job site and you're a blue-collar worker, you're probably not getting told once a week or many times a week, good job, pastor, your work matters, thank you. My life has been impacted by your work. You're probably not getting told that. And you know what else many people in your church, most people in your church don't get, is sabbaticals. There are many hardworking people in your church, pastor, as you look and long for that once every seven-year, eight-year, ten-year sabbatical that you so want, And not necessarily saying that sabbaticals are always bad, but do you know that many people in your church, when you start talking about a sabbatical, in their mind and heart, are mocking you? 
and thinking, boy, I wish I got to have a sabbatical. Again, not that sabbaticals are always bad, but I needed to know that most people don't get that kind of thing. And so for me, it was important to realize this. And pastors need to realize that not everybody uh, has a, a cush life and that pastors are the only ones that are really struggling. Everybody in the congregation has to carry their own load. Yes, there are unique stresses to the call of pastoral ministry. That is clear and that is true. But there are unique callings and there are unique stresses in every single calling that everybody will live and follow the rest of their life. Adult, being an adult is hard. It's hard work. Having a family is hard work. Having responsibility is hard work. And everybody has to carry their own load. So pastor, don't buy into some you know, martyr complex that you have it harder than everybody else. We have to work hard and not complain about it. Don't be a workaholic and don't be lazy. Find that middle road. And in my prayer, I mentioned this. Uh, Jesus gives us great hope and great freedom in this. Because in all these things, we're going to stumble forward. In marriage, we're going to stumble forward. In work, we're going to stumble forward. But Jesus not only provides us the example, but he is our substitutionary sacrifice as pastors. Jesus is the one who's the great husband of the church. He is the great, I mean, warrior king, but husband. He's the perfect husband of his bride, the church. And we find freedom in the fact that Jesus did that on our behalf. And as husbands, we're going to fail, but we're going to try every day to to be better and better men and better and better lovers of our wives and better and better men at fighting for her heart, those sorts of things. If you're not married yet, that's that's what's ahead of you if you do get married. And there's a lot of joy in that. But Jesus also was the uh, example and the sacrifice for, for these two ditches that are sinful. Being a workaholic is sinful. And being lazy is sinful. And Jesus was neither. And as we kind of waffle between the two, and sometimes every once in a while walk in that middle road, we can have confidence and we can walk with no condemnation because what Jesus did for us. And so there's freedom. So work hard. Don't be a workaholic. Don't be lazy. Don't complain, by the way. And let's move forward without fear, being better men, better pastors, loving our wives, and working hard. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.